Welcome to Dementia Dialogue. In today's episode, where we return to our series, The System Journey, and the theme of transitions. Kipling is a small community in southern Saskatchewan, which is fortunate to have a primary care clinic, which has partnered with the RADAR program led by Dr. Deborah Morgan from the University of Saskatchewan. Leanne Lawrence's mom, Marjorie Topping, was a patient of Jean Daku, a nurse practitioner at the clinic. We will learn in this conversation about how Marjorie and her family were supported by Jean and others in Marjorie's final years. Leanne, if you might just describe a little bit about who you are, your mom, the place where you live, and some of uh, you know the background in terms of who she was as a woman, as a mother and a wife, and how dementia entered into her life. Okay. Um, her name is Marjorie Toppings, um, and she was 85 years old. She was a widow for 20 years, was a farmer's wife, worked very hard on the farm. She was one of 12 siblings growing up um, and is the only was the only one that was still living around here, which is where she grew up. She was a very kind, gentle woman who never complained about anything, was always grateful for what she had, had a good sense of humor, enjoyed the community, was a very loving, kind mother. Yeah, someone that I aspire to be. So everybody was kind of aware that there was some subtle changes in her. I talked to my brothers and said, you know, I think something's going on. That just wasn't her, and she just seemed so lost. And whenever we left town, she would just get very confused and not be able to make her mind up just became very unsettled. And as time went by, it got worse and worse to the point that I just didn't take her to Regina anymore to see her other two sons. It was just too hard on her. So that's when we started doctoring with Jeannie here. I wanted to get some testing done or find out what we could do to find out if she did have dementia. And that's where Jeannie came in. Okay, so Jean, could you just describe a little bit about your practice, I suppose, in general, and then what your role would have been with Marjorie in this particular uh, situation? So I'm a nurse practitioner um, in a primary health clinic, and I work with three other physicians. We're very team-based, and so we try to be engaged in all aspects of team-based care. We serve the Kipling community and surrounding area. The population of Kipling, it changes, it goes up and down, but I would say it's about 1,200, so a very small community, but we have a large farming community and as well as um, oil community around. So a lot of our, the people I see are, are from outside of Kipling. I noticed that we were seeing more and more people with cognitive concerns and quite often they come to us with mild cognitive impairment and of course as you know that that does often progress to dementias or alzheimer's so i always wondered i I'm, i felt like i wasn't doing enough you know the testing we had that little bit of testing and then i i think as you saw in the video we had been working with the radar group from Saskatoon. Um, so a big project to bring in 
more education and ways of dealing with dementia in our small rural communities. So we started a memory clinic and we have a team-based approach. So we have many different um, practitioners. We have the physicians, we have home care nurses, we have physical therapists, we have occupational therapists, we have social workers, if it's applicable in the area. We have the Alzheimer's Society First Link Coordinator that are all involved in assessment and meeting as the team following the assessment piece that we do. We really need to focus on that early diagnostic piece, especially in our rural communities, because we're two hours from Regina. There is a assessment clinic in Saskatoon, which is four and a half hours away. So that is a lot for people to have to wait probably a year to for an assessment and then especially like if you had your mom in Saskatoon that would have been really difficult to navigate through that process too so I guess we have really found this just really important for the people of our communities in our rural areas to be able to have a diagnosis and have a plan for them and for the family. Leanne I'm wondering uh, if you might describe a little bit of when you and your brothers decided to uh, have your mom go to the memory clinic and to have this assessment. What were you hoping would be the result of that kind of uh, process? Well, first of all, I wanted to find out if she did have dementia, if not, what else was causing these differences in her being, right? I wanted to be able to say, okay, so this is what it is. How do we best deal with this so that you have the best quality of life that you can have? What can we do to slow this down or at least be able to to live with it comfortably and safely in your own home? Because she didn't want to leave her home. Okay. Um, Jean, you had mentioned that a treatment plan in your mind to benefit the patient and benefit you as a practitioner. Well, Our goal for any of our patients, but specifically for people with cognitive um, impairment, our goal is to improve the quality of life or keep their quality life status quo um, for the patients and also for the caregivers. Through our assessment piece, we were able to, I'm just trying to think of an example. Okay, so in, in the beginning, Leanne's mom did not have any home care services. That was maybe something lacking. So we looked at that piece and we said, okay, does your mom need Meals on Wheels? Does she need someone coming in frequently to see if she's taking her medication, to see if um, she is eating? Like all those different kinds of things. Leanne checked on her mom a lot, but you know she had a job too. So she was not always able to do that follow-up. So that home care piece was huge for her mom. Yeah. Oh, it was definitely beneficial for quite a while. And then we actually increased it to two days a week. Um, So it was the socializing, her being able to, to converse and speak with somebody else. They assessed her every time they went there. And if they noticed something, then they would let Jeannie and myself both know now, as your as your mom's um, condition began to change, uh, Leanne and and this, you know her capacities became more limited. 
How did you feel that kind of change in her condition was recognized or communicated to, you know, people that were involved in providing her support? Everybody was aware that she was declining. They all just became more supportive, were willing to do more and more emotionally as well as mentally and and physically. Quite often, the uh, home care nurse would text me even. I just saw your mom today. She's looking well. She's still eating. Okay, I noticed there was food in the fridge and she's done more Afghans because she was, she was always crocheting, which is a blanket, right? Mm -hmm. So they were, they kept on top of it at all times, which made me feel good because it took some of the onus off of me trying to watch and assess her every time I went. They were my extra set of eyes, I guess. And as her dementia got worse, it was becoming more and more apparent that Sooner than later, she was going to have, I was going to have to make some kind of a decision as to move her somewhere else where she could get more care. Okay. Now, did that decision point materialize? Like, did did it come to a point where your mom was no longer able to stay at home? Before we got to that, she had a fall at home and broke her hip, which was kind of the beginning of the end. Jean, what kind of role would the, would your primary care clinic have then at, at that point in, in Marjorie's uh, life and in her care? I do want to mention um, a little project that we had mm. been working on in the past year, and this is when Leanne's mom was still at home. Our team decided that we needed to try and offer something for people with cognitive impairment or dementia. You know, you, we do the assessment. We say, okay, maybe these medications will help. Maybe, you know, we'll give that a try. And you go home and you keep doing what you're doing. To me, that just kind of was kind of bleak. And so we got together and we decided we were going to start an active living program specifically for people struggling with cognitive concerns or dementia. So they would meet once a week for two hours a day and they would do mind games, they would be, have dancing, they would do baking, they would be doing exercising, singing, all those singing. things, singing, all those things that stimulate that mind, that stimulate the mobility. And actually, she uh, loved it. Leanne's mom did so amazing. And she was, I think the social aspect was so wonderful. Oh, she was so too. happy, yes. Leanne, you mentioned your mom uh, fractured her hip. Uh, and was at the surgery was done in Regina and then she came back home after that to her own home and lived alone again or no 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 okay back to the Kipling hospital oh I see okay and then I applied for long-term care because she was using a walker but there was no way she would be able to go home and look after herself without help and I wasn't able to come and live with her so we applied for long-term care. Now, was that long-term care provided in the facility associated with the hospital then? was Actually, it was a, a nearby town about uh, 40 minutes away, yeah. about 40 yeah. minutes away that has level three and four people at it. So she was there for three weeks and then she got a permanent bed in the Kipling facility, the Kipling long-term care facility. So I moved her back here. 
And how did you find that transition to the place 40 miles away and then back again? How did you, did you feel that you were able to provide the receiving facility with adequate information and she was well received there or? The one nice thing about being rural and being small town is everybody knows everybody. So, <laughs> you know, everybody knows your name. <laughs> so there was actually... That's, that's the good side and the downside. <laughs> <laughs> so there was actually people that worked in Wawoda um, that knew her. So it made the transition much easier. Um, early detection is is very, very important. The sooner you find out what it is, then you can learn to help her in any way you can. But if you don't get the the diagnosis or if you don't inquire and, and get the help that you need to find out, then it's it's quite a struggle. So I would definitely say that the earlier the better because there's so many things that you can do to increase a better quality of life right from the start. Um, education is very important. I think the more you can read and learn about it, the more easier it is for you to implement different ways to make our quality of life better. Definitely. Socialization is very important. Very important. As is exercise. I think both of those things are, are definitely key. Um, the longer you can keep them active, it's, it's better for them physically, mentally, emotionally. I think those would be my main points. Jean, what are some of the things that you think work well in your practice setting? And what are the things that you need to kind of protect or ensure are in place so that a person like Marjorie or Leanne and her brothers can be well supported in their, you know, in the way they care for their mom? Well, I think it's always important to remember that patients and families are feeling very vulnerable and it's a very vulnerable time for them because things are changing. Um, the patient isn't driving their car anymore. Making a grocery list may look different to them. Following a recipe may look different to them. So there's so many changes that take place in these patients' lives. And we, as a team, I think are very aware of that. And we really keep that in mind when we're dealing with our patients and our families, they're not just a number coming through. We're looking at their whole life and their whole, we're trying to look at patient as, the patient as a whole and try and help them that way. Um, I guess we, we hope that families will have, families and patients will have a better understanding of dementia and the symptoms surrounding memory loss. And we're hoping that they will, as Leanne was saying, learn how to manage some of those things. And, and they're very difficult because one day it may, your mom may be totally know exactly what's going on. And other days she wasn't so sure, right? Depending on the day. So I think it's really important that our team in our memory clinic really is aware of those things. You know, and, and families are in need of that support as well as the patient. You know, we always talk about the patient, the patient, the patient needs this, the patient needs that. But, you know, it's the families that are dealing with those things and, and dealing with all these different symptoms. So they are also needing a lot of support. And that's where our first link coordinators 
from the Alzheimer's Society, I think are, are very helpful as well. And I think, and, and maybe Leanna can attest to this, I think that whole team approach of everybody doing an assessment, coming together and bringing their findings and helping to come to diagnosis. Thank you very much for your time uh, this afternoon to be able to do this. Marjorie was indeed fortunate to have a team like the one led by Jean to support her after a long life in her hometown. Radar is an initiative to bring better services to people in rural communities. You can learn more about RADAR in our resource page, including a video of Leanne and her mom. Thanks to those of you who have been in touch. You can also subscribe to our newsletter by writing us at Dementia Dialogue at lakeheadu.ca. We acknowledge the assistance of the Geriatric Health Systems Research Group at the University of Waterloo for this particular series and our ongoing sponsor, the Center for Education on Research and Aging and Health at Lakehead University. Take care. My name is David Harvey.